Welcome to the Pinch to Zoom podcast. I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. And welcome to the future. In this episode, we're talking about our tech predictions for the next decade. Whoa. That's all. That's 10 years. And we saw a huge evolution in our previous episode of how rapidly technology evolved in, in 10 years, which is, just, I guess, a, a pretty short period of time. Although that's like, that's like half my life. That's about... Yeah, that's like a seventh to an eighth of a person's life. It's, it's a substantial amount of time. A lot happens. Um, and we're going to take a stab at predicting the trends and I, I guess predicting where yeah, we see the world I, going. What I really want is 10 years from now. Uh, well, actually, I don't want this because some of my predictions I don't want to happen. You're, you're but scary. I would, I would love to be able to, like 10 years from now, listen back and be like, oh, wow, that's... Oh, I was definitely r- way wrong about that. Or oh, we that got was it. Pretty, pretty close. You know, are our voices gonna change? Or that's over. Oh, that's... Oh, oh, wrong about that. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's how everyone's gonna talk in the future, like Yoda or something. Oh, Baby Yoda's catching on. Baby Yoda, but Baby Yoda doesn't really say much right now. Yeah. No. So, what's gonna be the Baby Yoda in ten years? That's the question people want to know. Plot twist: It's still just Baby, baby Yoda, Yoda because he takes so it's long even, to age. Even babyer Yoda, actually, if you're going by the timeline, right? 10 years ago, it was just regular Yoda, baby Yoda. Now it's baby, baby Yoda. Wow. In 10 years. Wow. Where do you want so. to start with this? Where I mean, how did how do you feel your predictions? Are they grouped together? What do you have? I don't even know. Like, what is your prediction you're the most confident about? Ooh. Like, I you think... would say, this is the one that's the hot take, but it's also the one I'm serving up, and I'm like, this is my main dish. I mean, first of all, 5G, like, that's already coming out. I guess it took 10 years to get from... 4g to 5g so yeah, but I, what is it gonna in 10 years what is it gonna like is we'll have a robust 5g coverage and we'll be launching 6g i mean i think that's that's how that's you been don't evolving. have any like but how is it going to change how we're using devices how is it going to? okay okay i think the biggest application because 5g is high bandwidth yeah and i think this actually ties in really well with ar and virtual Virtual, no, just augmented reality. Yes, just yeah, AR. And so what we're going to be able to see, we're going to be able to have people on the ground in more remote locations streaming AR instructions that can overlay uh, diagrams, instructions, 3D models in the world in front of them to allow people to better understand how to perform a repair, fix a component, um, or I guess understand how a system works and do you think that you know maybe 5g also could help you know make devices smaller right so say you have an ar headset it's not actually that big of a headset because it's sending all that data that it's collecting quickly back to the you know these servers in the cloud that are then processing it calculating it and sending oh that's a really good so i actually think that that kind of ties in well so i think 5g will enable uh, it'll offload processing power. And that's one of the things how AR works. So, like we could have really advanced, high detail, high resolution models. And all of that is just being processed on a computer elsewhere and streamed over that high speed gigabit per second 5G connection. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the biggest ways. And I think that'll be huge, possibly in the medical industry. Like I know uh, models of the human body and, and how that works and explaining things to patients. I think in construction, that will be huge. I think maybe for builders, like you could see what your building will look like in the real world when it's finished uh, before you've even started yet, like on location. You can I, see that. I still think one of the best and easiest applications yeah. of AR would be in a restaurant, okay? And when you go take orders and stuff like that, you have all the staff wearing AR glasses, right? And they can see 
you know, a table of eight, they can see, all right, this person ordered this, this person ordered this, this person ordered this, you know, a different waitress can come back and be like, oh, this, you know, it's kind of like those games online where you're waiting on people. That's what it would be in real life. That'd be interesting. And I bet you could also install cameras in other parts of the restaurant to monitor the food and beverage levels on people's plates and just put little icons like, oh, this person probably needs a refill. Yeah. And up in the top corner of your glasses, right? It'd be like, all right, this table needs attention. This, right? Well, I think the glasses will cover your full vision and you can just see like uh, markers appear above people's heads. Well, I'm like, thinking, but if you're not in the in the room, right? If you're going back in the kitchen and helping, them oh, you'll just prep get a some stuff, You can get a little. You can see up in the top corner, maybe like a map of the area, and see. Oh, these tables need attention. Maybe you could even see through walls. Like if you're in one part of, if you're in the back kitchen area, and the glasses can project the 3D model yeah. of the real kitchen, just like give well, I, you. I guess what if it was AR, right? It would be. Like you could just have it set to any wall, any wall wall space. It would pop up a map of the restaurant. You could that would see be that, there, and then you could see. So like on any nearby wall, whenever wherever you are, you'd look up. Oh, there's you know there's the map of the restaurant, I and there's what tables are, and there's the people waiting. Well, you could see some huge AR workspaces too, because I think okay. Microsoft has been trying to push this. But you could get glasses like high resolution, almost want to say like 8K glasses, something yeah. ridiculous. But you could basically project or overlay a high a huge like 4k or 6k monitor but it's just like a virtual monitor and you can just put your work on it right and you i remember they had that disastrous presentation where they were showing you know someone was working on a project uh on a, like drawing or creating something on their computer someone on their phone and then another person was wearing some the, the hollow lens i think it's the hollow lens the microsoft, yeah, the microsoft hollow lens and they were like walking through the the object itself and like moving stuff around and being like oh it's so cool Uh, (laughs) yeah that's what you want to say you don't want to say that because that was not cool in that presentation but i think yeah that i mean microsoft is right now the leading player in this space now and those headsets are pretty big but like we're saying you know take that processing out of the device put it in the cloud and shrink it down it it becomes more powerful i could almost see um instead of having computer monitors we'll have blank white spaces and the glasses will just project data and keep it locked on that surface and that way, I mean, you could see it and it would just be in your eyes. I mean, that that's how I see uh, a, p- a possibility. That's crazy, though. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so hard to predict, though, because it's like, is that going to be something people want to buy? Yeah, is that buy? made up? How realistic is the scenario like, yes, we just they, described? Yes, they could do that. They could, But are people going to want to move away from regular monitors? What's You need like an advantage. How so. expensive will it be? Will people yeah. buy it? Is Like for the restaurant example, is that even a feasible... How much would it cost the restaurant to implement? And then what would the return on investment? Be. Yeah. yeah. So, so those are really the things that define if it actually takes off versus, you know, stuff can be feasible for decades and then only take off when it has to be profitable, yeah. I think is the bottom line. Yeah. I think the other thing that ties in well with this is computing power. So instead of this is what I mentioned in our previous episode, mm-hmm. I could have the brand new MacBook Air or we could have a Surface, a Microsoft Surface. I don't want to be this. I'm kidding. I love Apple. I have a MacBook Air and I'm accessing a 52,000 Mac Pro hooked up in a server okay. editing in a Starbucks that somehow has high internet, high speed internet. Yeah. And I can basically do my edit remotely on that Mac Pro machine. So I'm getting Mac Pro power and performance. And basically, or like 20 Mac Pros. 20 Mac Pro power. And pro- yeah, because yeah. my videos deserve 20 Mac Pros uh, with all the processing I do. But basically, I think it, it, that's a virtual desktop. Is that how you would describe that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think virtual desktops are the future. And I actually think we'll see a subscription model go through. So instead of paying, 
$6,000 up front, you'll just pay $60 a month or something like that. And that's, I mean, I, I you can already think, kind of do that with, I know a lot of like, uh, you know, colleges, like universities for their science program to do like computing and stuff. Right. They'll, you know, rent out space or rent off out servers. It's, it's processing hours. Yeah. Basically. It's yeah. like you have a complex algorithm or task that needs to be computed and you can go ahead and rent yeah. out a computer capable of doing that in, in a short period of time. Yeah. And I think we're almost already seeing this. I want to say with Google Stadia, like basically True, yeah. we have remote high-end computers running instances of games and then just streaming that content to a TV. And for I want to say for most computer work, latency won't be... I mean, it would still be awful, but it wouldn't be as impactful as like gaming. And True, yeah. I think if Stadia can prove it can do it with gaming, I think it would be possible to do it with you can a, bring it to more with a workstation kind of task, yeah. like uh, like editing. I do think you could potentially do that with editing. You know, I was just thinking about AR. What could be that thing that makes it profitable, makes it exciting, and or makes it yeah makes it profitable? I guess would be the big thing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, profitable. And you know, you look at two companies out there or three companies that are probably the b- biggest leaders in ar uh be i think google and amazon and facebook are are up there i i almost want to say magically but they might actually be virtual reality yeah, well either even if even if they are but th- those companies are the some of the biggest in the world they're they, pushing obviously them. they are pe- teams dedicated to ar they have resources and they for also it. are some of the biggest companies of what for what Voice assistants, smart assistants, advertising. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, right. Wait, so do you think we could potentially be walking around with these AR glasses and have white billboards everywhere? And just well, it wouldn't be white billboards. It would well, be how do you... in, in the world. You'd be walking down, and you'd see a little pop up thing saying, "Oh, did you check out this cool coffee store right here?" Oh, so it'd be or, like, "Oh, the gas is uh, only two dollars and twenty cents over here." What if, so it'd be like ways like when you go to a stop exactly. site. You, uh, a stop site when you hit yeah. a stop light or a stop sign with Waze, uh for those of you who don't know you basically get ads pop up in the app like the navigation part kind of dims and basically all the dunkin donuts uh show up and highlight on that yeah, yeah uh, because they're paying to advertise on Waze, and that's how the advertisements work so you think we'll see this in the real world well i think this, this would be how it'd become more accessible to people right because they're going to be expensive at first but i think if a company like Amazon, Google, or Facebook implements ads in the product, they're going to want to be like, let's get these in people people using these quicker because then we can expand our platform, get a lot more people that we can serve these ads to. So you think they will basically subsidize the cost of the product yeah. with advertiser revenue? I mean, it's it's somewhat what they've done. Well, not with advertiser revenue, but it's kind of what they have with smart home products. Uh, very much well, so with the, uh, Alexa, especially because they know people are going to shop with that. They're going to buy Amazon Prime, right? They're getting them into our ecosystem. This is kind of the same thing. We're getting them into our ecosystem, but it's for ads. Yeah, I guess. So I, it's like it's kind of like how you offer Facebook for free, right? But we get all your user data. This is oh yeah. We're offering this as a discounted price, but we're getting your user data. We're getting a new platform to serve you ads. That's probably going to be the most responsive, the most targeted, essentially. How do you think they'd roll that out? Would they? just make a product and then make it available to purchase do you think because we saw i think it was with the original amazon echo they actually started with kind of a beta program you had to be a prime member you had to get a special invite to to use that first product how do you how do you think they may go about Uh, rolling this out that's tough to tell i mean i think 
we might see something similar. They also did that with Google Glass where they had, you know, the developer's edition and then they finally rolled it out to the public. So we'll probably see something like that just because it is so bleeding, bleeding edge. They'll want to create a little hype around it as well just so it doesn't get lost, you know, and, and make it limited edition or make it only certain people uh, and then roll it out. But yeah, I think that that could be something interesting in AR. I was also thinking, speaking of AR, I think AR isn't going to just be limited to visual. I think it's also going to be tied in with audio. Interesting. And Can we talk more we about that? We mentioned this in our last episode. I was talking about it. But I think, you know, we're seeing these AirPods, uh, these wireless earbuds. We're seeing now the AirPod Pros, which have noise canceling. And we're going to see those coming to other brands and other companies releasing similar products. And the battery life is getting better and better. So eventually, I think, you know, in this next decade, we're going to be wearing those constantly. Uh, you know, you'll just have them in. You can be listening to something, listening to your TV, listening to your you know favorite podcast. When someone talks to you, you can hear them because it'll know, all right, that person's talking to you. And it will, you know, smartly let that sound in, but it'll keep all the other sounds out potentially. And then the thing is you can get targeted with ads as well. Potentially, maybe when you're walking down the street, it pops up. Oh, by the way, check out uh, this when you are in the area. I know you're heading there or something like that. And it could target those ads um, kind of like you would be walking by someone. So as you, you know, as you'd walk by like the coffee store, you know, they could advertise Oh, try our coffee. Like, hey, da, da, you da. want coffee? That yeah. sounds like a very scary uh, future. Yeah, I would scary. not like that. I don't think that will happen because of Apple. And you mentioned like AirPods were the defining product. I think Apple is so locked down on privacy. And but but look who else has wireless earbuds? Amazon, <laughs> Amazon, Google, Facebook doesn't. Okay, they have Portal. They're, I don't know what they're doing over there. We'll see. I'm. I don't Speaking think. Speaking of, hold on, Portal. That is a very applicable name for some AR stuff. You think? How do you how do you so? What where do you see this going? Portal AR. Portal AR. Just I just I mean those there's your glass right glasses right there that you have for any augmented reality. Do you think that's what they're going to be called? Like what do you mean by that? I don't know. Doesn't doesn't Portal seem to land itself very nicely? Just the name Portal oh, as a branding, right? Yeah, because you're it's literally like a it's portal, a portal in, into, into another. Well, it's not really another world, but it's it is because you take it off, that world's not there. That overlay those i guess yeah. yeah it reminds me a lot of the portal video game and since yeah. we can go through that was really okay fun. so it's not a not side, i don't think tangent. that's one thing i don't think we'll be having okay okay decade. so what where do you see cameras going because we talked a lot about computers and ar where do you think cameras are going to go uh action cams because we have the spectacles three we talked about them actually kind of as a failure but they still have cameras built into them it's kind of a convenient way to to record moments do you have any predictions for where yeah where yeah where do you yeah. where do you see us going yeah. okay uh i mean this is always hard because cameras uh very much follow the trends of uh what you know kind of processing pe- what people want to create the creation platforms like there's a lot of things pulling the cameras and i don't think it's the other way around i think cameras get pulled to you know to create for that stuff um that's an interesting way of thinking about that actually. so the three things i think we'll see a lot more of in this next decade hit me all right oh that's shooting yeah not no whoa let's oh, let's, right, let's put let's, that let's, one let's down take it down and put notch. the safety just on hitting just a nice yeah. across the face slap <laughs> all right um so yeah i think it will be 360 cameras okay i think it'll be drones okay actually i think i can just confidently i was gonna say gimbals as well getting even smaller but that's not that's too specialized i think it'll just be 360 cameras and drones are the two big things 
So what? So we're gonna see the biggest innovations with them, or like, what do you mean? Those by that? will. I think those will a lot take over in the sense. I think we'll see 360 cameras coming uh, into fruition so much that you can just go and shoot with a 360 camera and edit everything in post, right? Oh, you mentioned this. Yeah, I like that. You go th- shoot with a 360 camera. You just why do you have to frame it up? Just shoot it. Shoot everything basically, and then just choose what you want to frame later. And wow. integrating this with drones. I think we'll see 360 cameras put on drones because one of the biggest issues with a 360 camera up until this point was be you're holding it out, you have it on a tripod, and you can always, there's that whole stitching thing of anything that's close to the camera is hard to stitch together and right. it like looks weird and you know it's misaligned. Put 360 cameras on a drone, there's nothing around it, right? You put those on the top, the bottom, and the sides of the drone, those cameras, you don't see the drone essentially. It's just a camera floating in space. That's really interesting. So, yeah, that's what I think. A combination of those two. Then look, guess who just came out with a product that is really good at flying around and avoiding stuff? DJI. No, not DJI. Oh, the... Uh, no, no, no. Oh, man. Skydio. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah, my God. Save you. I was thinking of the Ocatel. Ocatel. Oh, yeah, no, oh the Skydio 2, right, is just the, coming out right at the end of this decade. This next decade, we'll have drones that can fly literally without you touching them through houses, up and down, don't even need GPS. They're just all sensing, right? And they have those cameras. They can be capturing 3D data, take all that data into post, recreate a 3D model from that data, and then move your own camera in. Through the through the world. Through whatever it is. That, I, th- I feel like that'd be challenging for action. Like, if you have something that's happening... That yeah, I you- think I think there's definitely some limitation to this, but I think we'll see more and more of this. For example, like just send a drone following after someone, right, to film. Yeah. Uh, say you want to film a, um, I don't know, someone biking or something, and then, y- you know, you can move the camera around and pan around as you want. Maybe. Do you think this will be more? Or uh, even used... what about have a swarm of drones? <laughs> oh my god! And I then mean... you can switch around cameras and right and pan from one drone to another smoothly. You could get like a a bullet time yeah, effect. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And you, they almost do this in sports. Like yeah. they'll cut between cameras but have a 3d model generated between yeah, exactly. those cuts so you can see it so it looks like just a smooth slide yeah 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 and okay so do you think this will be more impactful in photography or video i think because of what you mentioned about live action and like action stuff i think probably for photography you think the 360 like you capture everything and then reframe yeah i don't know maybe what do you i think? Do you i think so video? i think video and i think video because photography is so compositional you see through the viewfinder you compose the shot you understand what you want in frame i think people would just dislike shooting three six like you basically hold it out and push a button and then you have to go and crop it in post i think people it'd be more time efficient and they'd enjoy it more composing it themselves with the camera they have so i actually think it'd be more useful for video sports action events yeah i mean we have seen gopro do some really amazing stuff and insta uh, 360x those two cameras the gopro uh what is the gopro x the gopro max i think now they're calling it that's they what they're switched calling it up it was the gopro fusion at first but yeah these cameras that you know you don't have to worry about leveling the horizon you stick it out go you know you can reframe the shot as you're going um you know in in post so you can have it move down from the sky to you then back up to the sky by the end of the shot like it's i think that's impactful okay the other thing this is a hot take so you basically describe creating a 3d world and maybe like moving the camera through it or filming it that way my take is this we will see uh movies 
that are all computer generated and all they're doing to film the movie is they have something like an atmos ninja with handles on it and that's the camera like that's the portal into the 3d world yeah uh i don't i don't want to burst your bubble you're gonna shoot they're already doing this yeah well that's the lion king that was how that was done that was literally shot like that they they flew drones around that didn't have cameras on them that just had sensors sensing where the cameras would be and those cameras were filming pride rock or they had you know a crane set up and they were doing a crane shot but there was nothing they were just in a random warehouse with nothing set up and that crane shot was filming the 3d environment that was moving and reacting as they had programmed it to oh interesting so my, I guess my, my. But you're thing, right. This, this will be the more and more common. I think if, it'll be the future. If like, you've seen The Lion King, have you seen that? I haven't seen. You it. haven't seen it. A lot of people probably have because it's very popular. And that movie is incredible as far as like you. It's animated technically, and that's what it's getting nominated for in the Oscars, I think. But it's not animated. That's a live action movie. That's amazing. I guess my my prediction going forward is this type of filmmaking will start to dominate. And we will see more and more films. I think like the Avatar series. Yeah. We'll just see those come out and suddenly people like filmmakers won't need cameras. Yeah. That's. And I think this could also lend itself to 360, uh, you know, movies being produced. Because up until now, the two biggest factors holding back 360 movies from being actually a thing that that happened what what is a 360 movie like well what? basically just just a three vid- movies that are filmed in 360 degrees so you could just spin around on a 360 camera yes yeah, so how you would look you around and how do you consume that would it just be like you would need a well, headset well, that's or a the, that's the two things the biggest the two things is a filming it because how do you film it and get rid of all your crew crew and your and your you know camera Lights, carrying yeah. equipment and such and then the other thing is uh you know where do you view it so if by doing it creating it in 3d um, graphics and you know creating it digitally you're getting rid of that first thing then the other thing we have to come up with how do you view that like right. you need to view that in um you know a special room that you sit in where you spin around and all it's people would just get nauseous you throw an or up. you have a headset is it ar you would need a headset i think that's how you would do, do you it. have videos or you know this is going back to the ar but do you have movies that are based locationally based so you go into right you go to uh you know, I think that's Boston crazy Mass, talk. Boston Mass, and there's a whole AR movie taking place in the city. Okay, I bet. I I'm not sure. I mean, that sounds just absolutely nuts. So you know, you'd you'd be like walking around on your daily, and you'd see, oh, uh, you know, you'd see these two like lovers crying on the corner, right, and and having or having an argument, and then the next day maybe you'd you'd see them, uh, you'd, like you know, right. It, it, you'd be walking through and the story would be having around you wow that's wild and those would be with the glasses yeah this product that doesn't exist this This fantasy product (laughs) this ar that would need some kind of standard developed between these companies and there's no way that's going to happen no yeah i think we could possibly see like an ar um not ar but like a like instead of going to a movie theater you'd go to a theater there'd be no screen and everyone would have headsets what do you think how weird would that be I mean, I could see that as a possibility. It does lose a bit of the, you know, the shared experience because you'd all be looking at different things. Yeah, but if you're watching at the same time, do you think you could connect with people? Possibly. I don't know. That'll be interesting to see uh, if that actually happens. But yeah, I mean, movie theaters in general, will they be around 
in 10 years. I mean, for the past Ooh. 20 years, they've pretty much been saying movie theaters. Oh, you know, like, oh, DVDs are out. Okay, that's the end of movie theaters. Oh, TVs, you know, live streaming is out. Oh, that's the end of movie theaters. Well, what do you think? I mean, how do you enjoy watching your movies? And what do you think we're going to see in the next decade when it comes to to movies? Well, I think movie theaters are great for events, right? For like yeah, event like, type movies, right? You know, the well, new Avengers you, come out. Yeah. I'm going to go see that with friends at the movie theater. I'm not going to see that at home. Oh, you're but, not going to do like a home viewing? Like get a yeah, nice right? 4K no. OLED TV? No. It's it's movie theaters are great because they're a communal experience. Right, you know, right. Go with your friends. It's huge. It's fun, and I think you know you're kind of seeing movie uh, companies go towards that in their releases where they're either making all right, this is basically a movie just geared for streaming, or literally we're just releasing it on a street our streaming service. It's true. It's or true. It's a movie that we're making for theaters, and this is a huge blockbuster event type movie which people are going to want to go out and see theaters. I think, yeah, I think theaters are going to stick around. I do think we'll see a subscription. I, you mentioned there are already subscription yeah. services, I think from Regal and from Regal maybe AMC, AMC other, yeah. other theaters. So I think that's going to be prominent. Um, but and, they might, they might have, you're right. They might have to innovate uh, and reinvent what the movie theater looks like or add and, some and new like the experience of going like maybe. Cause I know the there already seats. are some VR uh like spaces where you can just go and watch you can go do things not not at movie theaters but in like in major cities they have these new vr like labs that are popping up i think that could be a thing like you sell a vr experience because those are not like like just an hour using some and it's maybe some like you know maybe there's like treadmills on the floor so you can walk around yeah and stuff like that yeah it's like um you pay to go to a roller coaster ride this would be you're paying for an experience and it's just a, a vr experience i mean we're seeing those like i said in some places like that or even more gimmicky in places like dave and busters where they have some (laughs) vr rides and stuff like that unreal okay okay so so that's that's kind of photography and entertainment yeah where do you think the mobile industry is going we talked about 5g Uh, specifically i want to touch on fold uh phones and foldable phones and dual screen phones we have two different approaches uh to folding devices we have Microsoft Surface Duo, two screens with a hinge. That's their folding device. And we have Samsung Galaxy Fold. That is literally a screen, uh, a tablet-sized phone that folds down. Where do you think uh, this tech is going in the next decade? Well, I think actually the question to answer is, what is it trying to accomplish? Mm, I guess... Because don't you feel like a lot of the folding (laughs) screen thing is just like some... pointless. Well, it's just like some innate coolness that it has that we all feel like oh if it folds it must be cool like, like, yeah but why yeah why is it cool that something folds what is the usefulness i think okay so my take is this or is I'm, it not useful at all i'm gonna take a stand and say we're gonna see uh microsoft's version of the fold take off where you have a hinge and you have two screens i think that's going to be more effective and more productive than a physical folding phone like the Galaxy Fold, which has a plastic screen that's easily breakable. It's not gonna have the same longevity. Uh, whereas the Surface Duo devices, those have Gorilla Glass. So that's like that's a proper high-end phone design. So I think we're gonna see the dual screen folding phones. I think the Galaxy, I'm, I'm gonna predict it's gonna die off. I really don't think that technology can sustain itself and prove itself. Or the iPhone um like what how do i see it evolving yeah i i think apple apple's not going to release anything that folds until they figured it out okay and 
they could be testing these two different methodologies right now and seeing what works. But I really think the dual screen device is going to be better. Uh, but I think you had mentioned like a tablet. What you really want is a folding tablet because then you get that's, the portability. Well, that's what I think. Yeah, the usefulness and where people would want it is the ability to have a tablet, you know, maybe a full 12 inch like iPad type thing. But have it fold down to be the size of an iPad mini. So it's more or even smaller. Like yeah. what if you could four folds in that, right? <laughs> it's origami. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it folds down. It's a paper crane. Fold it back up. Boom. There's your iPad. So I think that's maybe the usefulness you'd see. I think in general, we'll see phones trying to do more and more things. So, you know, there are already, there can be cameras. Like, what is the next thing that phones are going to be able to do? I want to say what it, what first came to my mind is health monitoring, because typically right now we need some sort of Fitbit or Apple Watch, another device to monitor heart rate and other things. It could be that phones build in sensors to do that. Honestly, though, I mean, the the trend we saw this year was the bleeding edge display, like the full full screen uh, display. Waterfall full, display, right? Yeah, or the edge to edge, I guess yeah. is better, where you have that massive screen to body ratio, hole punch cameras, under the glass fingerprint readers. I I just don't, I think phones were reaching our limit in usefulness. What? Here's one thing. You know, you were mentioning AR yeah. for displays. What about if there is no phone? Or what about if your phone is just like you just tap something in front of you? What if your phone is just a piece of glass, right? And it projects it onto that or something. Oh, wow. And so it just tracks the user interface on that? Yeah. And maybe that also has some more like data. I don't know. There's something that the, that the piece of glass can do, right? Because my, my thing when I think futuristic is you saw the original Avatar, right? Yes. So those tablets that they're using that are like clear you can and they're just through. nice swiping them up onto stuff, holding them over stuff. Like, that seems really like, I'm like, when are we getting to that? And I know right. the interesting thing about sci-fi films and stuff is you, you know, they'll have a ton of stuff and, you know, in there that are essentially predictions of the future and their own takes on what the future will be. And it's very hard to discern and tell which is actually going to be the right, you know, out of like the 20 products that they might use or design for that movie or for that TV show that's in the future, which ones are going to be the one that's actually the, you know, the correct future. Like, for example, you look at Star Trek, right? The one thing they got right was they had a very similar thing to the first cell phones in there, the communicators. Wow. You know, um, was you look at the design very similar to what cell phones ended up looking like. But all the other stuff, you're like, you know, that's never come about or that's never going to be. I think the trick is future technology needs to solve some kind of problem we have now or do something better. I don't think that transparent phone model with the AR glasses. I don't think that's going to be better. Yeah, what would that really or, help or you, like, than a regular phone? Um, so I, I guess something I do see happening is a touchscreen Mac laptop. I think I think we could see that. I really do, and I think we'll see iPad OS kind of merge with Mac OS. I think. I mean, it's I, already happening. It's been talked about since the iPad was released. I think you know. I remember 2012, 2013. Uh, that that was already being like, when is this going to be merged? Is it the next one the next one? So that, you know, yeah. I also, I'll, I'll throw out, uh, I think we're going to see an iMac Pro redesign. I think that, or even an iMac redesign, like that's just long overdue. I think we'll see 120 hertz displays get introduced on laptops. I think that's going to be the next. Why would that be? Because it 
makes everything feel super fast. I, I guess, but you're also sacrificing a lot of battery life potentially. But battery technology is we're gonna have okay, some kind of another prediction. We're gonna have another pre- another breakthrough. yeah breakthrough. It's gonna be awesome. I think we'll see LTE built into laptops going forward as well. I know you can hotspot on your phone, but I really yeah. think I think we'll we'll Here, see. Here's that where there. I think. Uh, what do something you think? we haven't touched on we haven't talked about it we've this talked is, about it a lot this is the you know the uh what is elephant in the room yeah i'm looking around right now I, I, I swept i swept out all the elephants this elephant's so smart is it hiding in the cherry tree no okay that's no, a that's, joke for anyone it being smart was a hint so it's smart home we AI, haven't talked no, ai that's where i think this is the elephant in the room that you know this is the skeleton in the closet for the next decade of are we going to have AI come to the point where we hit the singularity and it becomes conscious or it becomes able to do things on its own or even with our help that is far beyond, you know, like because basically do. with technology, it advances at a kind of linear pace, right? I think it's actually, isn't it like exponential, like processing power doubles but, but I mean, every I mean, couple okay, years? But I mean, like it, it's pretty straightforward, right? It's you been ca- predictable. Yeah, you kind of like, all right, we're going to get a better camera, better, you know, higher specs. Yeah, better processor, better screen resolution. Yeah, there hasn't really been any huge breakthroughs since, I guess, like the silicon re- revolution, right? When they figured out we can put chips on silicon and make them super small. Yeah. So I think AI, when, if, I think it's not a question of if, it's when that happens, will absolutely explode our tech and our innovations because this will be able to do um come up with calculations come up with formulas come up with anything at such a faster rate than any human ever could uh that yeah it's 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 kind of scary what it could do you know i think we have to be careful but i don't think we're gonna be and i think it's just gonna happen i'll i'm i'm actually interested to see where that goes um and i like maybe it could play into the movie world like you use ai to generate that 3d world like you can just use existing models change some stuff and boom you have you've created your your cinematic landscape for filming uh whatever your movie is yeah but that's that's absolutely wild i think you know it could be interesting to see because ai could basically take a lot of jobs and people are typically unhappy when that happens and uh, but sometimes it just does it better, and that's that's kind of wild. Well, yeah, we're gonna. There's definitely. I mean, I know uh, Andrew Yang. If you're following at all politics, getting into politics, of course, because that's always a very uh, fun issue to talk about. But Andrew Yang has talked a lot about how automation and AI is going to get rid of jobs, and I think this is something we're definitely going to see and have to deal with. And tech companies, I think, are going to be. Uh, possibly like under the gun for how are you you know you're getting rid of jobs by creating this great product what are we going to do to remedy that you know maybe are they going to be held accountable for that or is that something that's seen as hey that's just happening i think we're going to need to figure out how to create more jobs and one thing that really can't be taken away is creativity like right but can it i mean we'll find out i guess but i i think it's one of the unique aspects of of being a human is our creativity our our desire to tell stories and communicate visually and, and orally and and I'm not sure AI will fully replace that, but it, it may It'll help. Be interesting to see. I think I personally think that it can, and we're kind of fooling ourselves by saying that. It oh can. no, it can't. But you look at how AI. I mean, I guess technically, yes, it can't. Rep, just in the way that an, a digital speaker can't replicate an analog speaker. Sure. Right. Just off the basis that it's counting on a, you know, it's working on incremental numbers. 
and like it can't do volume seven point because you know there isn't it, there's nothing right, to right, replicate right. it because analog like there's no when it says seven and you're in between the seven and eight that just happens to be whatever it is it right? is right 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 and so ai might be able to replicate human creativity it will technically never be able to be human creativity i think sure but maybe not also i could be wrong we'll see i think the other big thing we'll see is uh Neuralink. and i think basically one of the biggest yeah. limiting factors right now is how humans can communicate and interact with technology yeah, the, the ui either has to be something that's audio like amazon alexa it has to be you know digital uh, what's the any other you're one touching it you're using like physical input controls yeah. like you're typing with your fingers um i think those are pretty much the big ones like there's some either physical or auditory communication i mechanism. guess there's vibration which would maybe also be, gestures too yeah. like air gestures but the real that's the limiting factor you can only type so fast you can only talk so fast you can only communicate so fast with a computer to get the information you need and what neural or and also in only so many ways right right like you can only input via text and then you go to this text field and then like, yeah i think Neuralink, it's going to be a breakthrough it's going to be the high they're an ultra high bandwidth communication interface between humans and technology this i think will give access to information at our fingertips where if you need to look something up you can think it and almost instantly know the answer or figure out the answer and i think this could dramatically change learning it could dramatically change uh, maybe something like the medical industry where if people are able to get accurate information instead of relying on memory, just looking something up and getting the accurate data points every single time. I mean, this could be this could be game changing. And and, you know, that is that brings up like if we don't get to the singularity into AI to the point where it's like human level and it still needs human assistance, this would kind of be how you'd see you know, the best of both worlds of that, you'd see the, you know, the machine learning, the algorithms, the AI, et cetera, or the primitive AI basically operating in tandem with humans, you know, our innate ability to create, to make decisions, like the stuff that we can't really replicate with a computer yet. And then that would work very well together. It'd go, go hand in hand. Potentially. And yeah, yeah. I think, all right. So we talked, you talked about, uh, I guess smart home. Well, we didn't mention smart home. I guess, all right, my thing with smart home, and you've brought this up a couple of times, yeah. I think there might be a big smart home hack. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I was I was thinking, you know, we had this news recently that I think Google and Apple and a couple other companies came together to develop like a, 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 a standard. common standard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that we'll see a lot of this in the future. You know, there was a lot of competition in this past decade. It was like, you know... Philips each, Hue, each TP yeah, Link, right? Each company had their own space, had their own app, had their own standard. Oh, it was a they wanted to lock in consumers to that. They wanted to be able to make sure that their way was the way that was going forward, and they didn't want to compromise because they compromise, then and you, you're lost behind. The so. the big problem with that is companies would do that, and then they would fold, and yeah, suddenly exactly, all your devices right? just wouldn't work. Yeah. And I think that scared consumers enough where it's going to be beneficial for everyone to just get on the same standard. That's exactly what I was going to say is we'll see a huge increase in adoption because if you know, all right, any you know product I buy is going to work well with my smart home. And, you know, that's, you know, I think it's a difference between, you know, where Android, you know, and, and Mac or iOS aren't compatible that much. That's the difference where you can, it's just your digital world. You can, you know, all right, I'm going to switch to from iOS to Android. All right, there's a decent easy way to do it i do it once i'm done 
just my digital world. But if you have to swap everything out in your home because you decide to go oh, these from, light bulbs. from Zigbee link to you know some new standard that they create, it's it's a headache and it's costing people tons of money, right? So absolutely, yeah, I think that is going to be the way of the future. I also think, speaking of unified. Unfortunately, the trend I think going forward with tech companies is going to probably continue unless some government step in is uh, the formation of these huge monopolies, monolith companies. What like what do you mean by that? What's what's an example like what Google Google? So you think Amazon because of companies that are so huge that you literally cannot avoid interacting with them, giving them money or buying their products, like interacting with their services and stuff. Exactly. Like even if you don't want to you know, spend any money on Amazon, you don't have a Prime account, you don't own any of their products, you're still probably using a site that uses AWS web services. Yeah. You're, you know, you're still probably, there's so many ways that they're getting your money or getting your, you know, uh, your attention or your data or whatever. And yeah, it's, I think, I don't know, it's a scary thing because you look at all the sci-fi uh, movies or even movies like Pixar's Up. Or sure. not up, sorry. Uh, Pixar is well. It isn't up technically if you follow the Pixar timeline on one universe theory about the, okay, all the yeah, same yeah. thing. But it's in uh, Pixar's Wall-E. Yes. The, by and large, right? Yes. That's their huge monolith corporation that basically takes over, destroys the world, so much pollution and consumption, and then creates a ship for these people to get off and escape Earth, and, and just continue to give them money. Right. I guess, and that's wow. kind of a little bit scary when you see that we're headed not necessarily towards that, but we're at least somewhere in that timeline I even will, if it's a different timeline we're kind of close i don't know if it makes sense to even try and defend this but i will say if a company owns so many different aspects they can often create really amazing experiences and that's like that's like the flip side like everything just that's, works that's the flip side but isn't that also like the the bait in the poison trap i don't know too? i don't know gabe i don't or know is it not we'll see what happens um okay there's one more thing i want to mention and that's privacy okay i think well, this is very applicable here. I mean, we yeah. basically, I think we need to figure out how to regulate it. And my prediction in the next decade is, first of all, I think the U.S. is just being too slow. People yeah. don't know what's going on. Everything's happening so fast. I think the EU, I think they've got it together. I predict they will implement some sort of regulation that makes sense and it will either be adopted or the regulation will be implemented in some way. There's just like applied what about, you know, kind of branching off from this? Not, I guess yeah. it's the same thing, though, but data. Yeah. Do you think we'll see a world organization of data? I would. I, isn't like Wolfram Alpha that or something like that? Like, not, or Wikipedia? Like, what do you mean no, by that? By that, I mean peop, some organization that, you know, controls and sets standards for how people's data, like user, like your, oh, like your stored, personal data, protected. like how the data of all your information of like, you know, that Google's collecting on you. What they can do with that, you know, can they sell that to companies? Can they, you know, serve you ads? How many ads? What what type of ad, right? Yeah. Like, do they have to offer you a way to delete it? Do they have to offer you a way to opt out of stuff, right? How much money could I make if I sold my own data? That's the, I mean, that's what going I back know. to Andrew Yang, Andrew Yang thinks that people should get a dividend or some sort of payment from companies for their data, for their data, right? It's like, mm. like, it's the next commodity. It's like oil. It is. Attention is also a commodity too. Like, and that's harnessed through data. Yeah. It's harvested that way. I think, I I don't know how to stand on this. I guess I don't have enough information. I but, know. Uh, like, it makes sense to have some kind of standard at the same time as the business model of a lot of these companies. Like, I'm using Google Docs for free and all these services and they're able to 
provide that mostly because of the advertising and, yeah. and what kind of and data we, they and get. And we like that. I mean, that's all these social media platforms. Yeah. That's how they operate. You know, you get a place, a great way to share content, to enjoy content at the same time. Everything, all your likes, your interests, yeah. they can create a virtual model. You can and they use AI to analyze you. And Yeah. I mean, basically yeah. all those networks as well are engineers have created the best dopamine delivery system in the world. It's true. Right? You know. I, have you heard of dopamine fasting? Yeah. I just, I, it's something I've never done. I just... <laughs> something I should probably do. I saw a headline about that. I thought it was interesting. I mean, it could be ridiculous. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good point, and it's very thought-provoking. And I guess my stance right now is I'm okay with most most data collection of, of me because I feel like the services and tools I get are worth it. But uh, what's awful is like the huge hacks where data leaks that's really important, like yeah. your personal identification or uh, credit cards, like that needs to be like locked down. Like that shouldn't happen. And also, what do you think about the, you know, credit cards? You mentioned credit score. What about a social credit score? Do you think Isn't that China doing that? China's already doing this. And with China about to become, you know, in the next like 10 years, the world's biggest economy. Do you think more countries are going to be following suit and, you know, implementing something like, like this, you know, with the hopes of good, but maybe not? I just don't know. I guess the concern, I think the concern for me is that there's some sort of vulnerability and the information that these systems are using could be uh, somehow used maliciously in some way. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know. I mean... This is a this is a decade though. I'm not yeah, sure. This, we're we're getting out a little bit into more societal like 50, and like 50 years. I mean, it's just a lot happened in 10 years, but well, a here lot I is have, just so slow. I too. have something that I think is we're already seeing. Yeah, and will definitely happen the next decade. Hit me. Actually, I'm a little sore. Don't hit me. All but right. Just, just gently just tell me. Lay it on the table here. Yeah. What do we got? Uh, Chords. Chords. R.I.P. They're gone. Yep. Dude, you think the Unplug next iPhone? these mics right now. <laughs> we don't need uh, them yeah right no i mean the next iphone they're saying might not or even the one after that might not have any port at all and might just be wireless charging what do you think about that i mean we this is our chance to make a legitimate prediction we're sitting down here right now i think it's gonna happen okay you think it's happening i think it's gonna happen why i mean other than high powered platforms possibly or professional settings why do you need a cord connecting you to anything uh you need it for uh data data that's what i'm saying other than professional like all right you need the f super fastest data so you're you know connection so you're going to use ethernet uh which is hooked up to like, I, all right i got hang on. it wasn't right, that okay. it's diagnostics that's you need even the apple watch has a way to physically connect it to get diagnostic data okay so maybe there'll be some way for a company to take it apart and put it and in like a, get a cable in there but i think on the consumer end you're not gonna you know you'll charge wirelessly i think wireless charging will get better so it can charge over a distance other than just setting it on you know you could have uh you know a little thing embedded in your or on sitting on your desk and set your laptop down next to it and it's charging your laptop at a fast rate so i i i mean it's just such a bad user experience because the amount of times that i'm charging my phone and holding yeah. it is actually a lot but what if it can charge it while you're holding it without any wires yeah i would be legitimately like what if it's a the, whole room the radiation that's causing like okay what? yeah i know we're already getting like cancer from our wi-fi and our bluetooth why does it matter if we're getting it from our charging oh my god you said about ease of use right if they can create a nice easy experience 
where you just put this one power thing in your room and boom, you just charge what? any device that's in it. My question is what yeah. problem does this solve and how is it beneficial? Uh, I mean, it solves the whole thing of having to bring 20 cables wherever I go. I, I mean, you'd have to charge it somehow, so you'd have to bring a cable with a wireless charging pad. No, right? you just you just bring uh, this large thing that broadcasts wireless energy. So you're just you're just bringing one device to wirelessly broadcast energy to your to all my different devices. Yeah, to your one iPhone in two years, it's going to support no, it. No, no, this is at the end of a decade. This is a prediction for a decade. You're thinking at the end of the decade. So the end of the decade, you know, my laptop will charge wirelessly, my camera, and it's not just you have to set it on. It's like it just has to be within like five feet maybe i think that's an ambitious prediction my was, tesla was doing this back in the 1900s early really? 1900s yeah okay For, you know broadcasting uh energy, energy over miles really yes but it was probably very specific and direct and there's like a very bunch specific of direct i mean yes i mean it was it was like anything you know they have these breakthroughs in tech science that happens but that never makes it to consumer technology for years and you know i don't I mean, I don't think we'll be doing stuff like that, but I feel like cords are pretty annoying a lot of times. And if you could even get 90 to 80% of the performance without a cord, I would be down for that. I think I'm going to take a reverse, a okay. reverse stance. I'm, I'm doing All this right. just to be different audience. I'm this curious will be to nice hear. to look back in 10 years. Yeah, and Gabe can be like, ha, ha, ha. Booyah. Shopping cart just rolled his direction. Wirelessly I think I'm going to go... Cart. Fast charging over wireless charging. I think like computers but, but could get fast it's charging. It's going to get to the point where that my argument is it's going to get to the point where it's just the same. You think the speed will be the, the same? speed or at least the speed is so fast on both that it's not going to matter. Right. Yeah. You know, the fast charging over wired could charge your phone, you know, two minutes faster, but it they're both charging your phone up in under 10 minutes. Sure. Sure. So, huh? I don't know that that's just what I think, and I mean, especially where we did see that leak that Apple was getting rid of the cord uh, and the plug-in in their phone, that's why I thought, like, this is really something that could be happening. They've been you know? very stubborn about switching over to USB Type-C. They're still using Lightning. They don't want to. They'd rather switch to nothing. Which is surprising for some products, such as their wireless keyboard, right? Yeah. Like, that plugs into a Mac, which is basically all using USB Type-C, yeah. <laughs> and yet it uses... That's a lightning that's, like that's that awful. is that is so stupid. Um, and the stubbornness of Apple. First of all, it's weird that they're been proactive at adopting it in, yeah. their, in their Macs and their iPad. But the stubbornness to move it over to their mobile devices has me concerned. They would consider a portless a portless iPhone. Yeah. Um, but oof, I'm I don't know. I guess I'm just like nervous at predicting that. I don't think it's going to happen. I guess. All right. So what Mark has said on his podcast is it would have to, in order to have, I guess to your point too, in order to have this be a success, you need a wireless charging standard that is equal to or better than. That's what I'm saying. Wired, yeah. But how far off is that standard? Do you think we're going to get there in 10 years? Yeah, true. That's, right? a, that's a good point. But I mean, to that, we didn't have any wireless charging at the beginning. I mean, other than like the charging where you'd set your like sonic hair down in the whole toothbrush, right? yeah. How is that what everyone thinks of? Dude, it's just like yeah, that's just, what yeah. toothbrushes do. You go into someone's bathroom, it's like, oh, they have the cool electric toothbrush yeah. that wirelessly charges. Uh, and, you know, Qi charging didn't really come around till I want to say 2013, 2014. It started gaining some popularity, sure. you know, and then now by the end of the decade, it's really like Ikea is incorporating it in their furniture. You know, it's, it's taken off to a whole nother level. I'm... 
I'm gonna go no. That's okay. my. I'm gonna go no. I'm that's, gonna say yeah. fast charging, and I'd love to see fast charging in Mac computers as well. Do you think that will be not only by the cords and the power, but also by the type of batteries that the, we get? Batteries that are I think we'll able see, to be charged even faster. Yeah, I think we'll see some sort of battery improvement. And also, that goes to electric cars. I Do, think will we see like hydrogen cars? Will we see hydrogen's liquid gone. battery cars? Nope, Have you seen nope, that? I haven't seen that. Where they, it's like rather than charging up, you just replace the liquid. And I it's think a charged liquid. I think it'll be replacing the battery. That's okay. what I think. You we'll think? just see like full battery. Swap out. Okay. Yeah, swap like with your camera. You just pop the battery out, pop rather, the battery in. You're good to rather go. Rather than you know uh, faster charging. I think. I mean, actually, I I would actually I change that back. I think okay. faster charging. That's that's obviously the way forward. Like no one's gonna swap out their battery. Yeah. Um, and but, then we'll yeah. see obviously self driving cars. You think? Yeah, actually, I do. I think. This one though depends. All, we're getting back it's into regulations, yeah, and right. that's like they're so slow. I think the control. technology is like almost there now. And if there were laws that would allow them to get more data and and collect more rides, then I think it would go faster. We'd have it sooner. But I don't know. Regulation just slows that down. So I think we'll see the first commercially available driverless experience in the next decade. It might only be in like Arizona or someplace. Yeah. I think it'll happen. And you think that we'll be ready for that as far as like socially and ethically? Yeah. Because I think the big, eth for me, the big ethical dilemma when it comes to self-driving cars is if a self-driving car is going to hit someone, right? Say you're driving along and then sees a person oh, and it says, this. all right, I'm going to hit that person unless I swerve. But if I do that, I'm going to flip over and possibly kill the occupants of this car. Right, right. That, that comes back to like, and that's morals. not necessarily like someone has to go in and choose yes or no programming, right? It's not like they do that, but essentially that is what they're programming in through code that that choice is at some point going to be made. And how do we, are we okay with a machine making that? Because, you know, a person would make that in a split second anyways. And are they really making it at that point? You know, it's like, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, and also, okay, here's another thing. If a self-driving car kills someone. Who's it, at fault, right? Is it the company, is it the person driving? That's happened, I think, once, yeah. right? Or if it, well, if it, they were saying if it kills the person in the car, who's at fault? Yeah. So I think it depends it, on the circumstances. That brings of the up accident, a lot of questions. But yeah, I, I mean, and also here's another thing. Sorry, we're bringing. Let's let's add some more things to this fire. Drones, right? We talked about them earlier. Self-driving, self-piloting, flying drones. Right. Okay. Well, for I guess people. let's Personal move on from the vehicles. Taxis. I think in order for the vehicle to make, like if you were to get inside of a vehicle, yeah. I think you as the occupant would want to be protected. Because you know when, you know, one of the big things about self-driving cars is they have to navigate a road system, which is super complicated. Yeah. You know, and such. Once you get in the air, that's a lot easier. It's safer. Yeah. So I think, all right. And then I think that'll actually be huge because we've seen some implications of drones delivering life-saving medication um, and, and basically allowing much quicker transportation of very important items. Yeah, and the FAA, that is something they're definitely trying to expedite is getting some sort of regulations in place and also the framework uh, for our you know air traffic communication system to handle a bunch of drones zipping autonomously around. And I think you could do that too. There's so much airspace. You get them at like 600 feet or something yeah. like above the 400 foot limit for, for most pilots, then I think you're good to go. Do you think Amazon is going to start delivering with drones? Like is that... Well, we've had right now, UPS actually is the first one who was granted 
the authority or the right to do beyond line of sight drone deliveries testing. So I would think that they would probably be first. I feel like the government, it depends who's in power, but a lot of times the government doesn't trust Amazon uh, just because they're so big and everything. But a, a dedicated delivery service has more incentive, I feel, to try to innovate. And, you know, I was I, we put it down in our notes for the past decade. Yes. The Amazon uh, drone delivery, you know, they had uh, what they call it, Amazon Air, I think. Sure. Let's go with that. It sounds great. That's a good name for Air, it. I think it was Amazon Air Prime. That came out in, hold on, 2013. Way back then? Yes. Amazon Prime Air promo video. And Be- Bezos went on 60 Minutes, talked about this, and what? Uh, I don't know. I guess yeah. it flopped. I don't know. Pretty much. It's pretty incredible, I think. It came to a halt. I, I, it just doesn't seem like it was that long ago. But yeah, this, you can go look it up, Amazon Prime Air, and there's this really, it looks really, oh, very optimistic and everything. But seven years have gone by now and nothing. Okay. Speaking of Amazon, what about the Amazon store? They have like that cashierless store. Where, like, where do you think shopping is going? Shopping, I mean, do people still want to go into a shop? No. I think, well, potentially. It depends. How long do they have to wait, right? That's the whole thing. For prime delivery, is prime delivery down to now, oh, if you're in a city, you can get it in 10 minutes? Or is it the fact that you got to, you know, wait still like a a day? Sure. I also really like the grocery delivery service. I used Instacart while at Ithaca. Well, that's exactly right. That was amazing. Like, If Instacart was, you know, took six hours, would you use it? Maybe, probably. I just have to plan ahead a little bit more. But it's a lot. It's a lot. You know, a lot more people are going to adopt that technology if it's an hour. So Amazon might not need to have those physical stores without cashiers if they can just have drones come to you in ten minutes or less. That would be that would be mind boggling. I think we're a little we're far off from that though. Yeah, potentially, but uh, that's always interesting to think about. I don't know. Do you have any other predictions? We're getting a little long. We were trying to keep this a short one, but I mean, there's just so much, so many exciting things. Whole decade and and so much happened in this past decade. Do you think there'll be any new product categories? Yes, I think there'll be the AR glasses. I mean, like that's what those are. uh, It's kind of hard to predict how expensive. Yeah, Yeah. I think. I mean, last last thought. Last thought for the decade. You know, this is coming out December thirtieth, thirty first. Last thoughts for the decade. It was a good decade uh, for me. Last thoughts for the next decade. For the next decade. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be in Acton, Massachusetts anymore. That's okay. my. I think I'm going to be somewhere else. My uh, last thoughts for the next decade would be, I think, uh, I don't know. I I think all my lights will be Philips Hue. I also think that. <laughs> That's my yeah. Your Philips Hue. You, yeah. You're any any personal predictions? Like what brand? Yeah. Personal prediction. Okay, let's go to that. Personal predictions. Yeah, those those are a lot harder actually. Some I was going to say easier, but somehow it's almost harder. Uh, I'll predict that. I am going to be uh, living someplace where it's warm. No, I well, that should uh, be in like a couple months. Well, in so. a couple months, but I think I'll still be living someplace where it's warm. I agree. I and like I'll that. hopefully predict that uh, California has not sheared off from the mist- rest of uh, United States San Andreas style and, you know, fallen into the ocean. Ooh. That would not be very good. So let's let's just put that prediction out there into the air so I can manifest that. I like that. I think I want to be someplace warm too. So maybe I'll... Maybe I'll yeah. Maybe like Texas or something. And I right. want to have that Neuralink with drones. That's what you're, I want to have. You're just flying around in your mind? With your mind. Oh, that would be crazy. Like the cinematography, yeah, the right. moves you, you could get. You can do everything. Unreal. So good. Oh, I guess the last thing I want to talk about is okay. the, like the Starlink. 
All right. Yeah. All right. All right two predictions. I think that'll this will be it for me. Two options here. One, we have like LTE replacing, or I guess 5G or whatever, replacing home internet because there are some okay. rural locations yeah. where LTE is way faster than uh, like the copper cable they have in the ground. Or second option, we have some sort of satellite internet connection, potentially Starlink, potentially something else that will replace mobile, like it'll replace 5G, it'll replace LTE, and it will replace home internet. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's my two thoughts. Here we go. We were out at the stars there. Yeah. Will you have taken a trip in space by then? No, I will not. No. You don't think so? I'm not going to space. You don't think that's, well, but will most people have to, like, will that be like the next? That's the next ride? Yeah. Only for the ultra wealthy. You think it's still by 2030, it will still be the ultra wealthy only? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Then the decade after that? Maybe. Then maybe. Then the one after that. What's your predictions for 2050? (laughs) I don't know, Gabe. I just don't know anymore, okay? Fourth dimension will be discovered by then, I think. You think that's what what will be? Time travel? It will be some, uh, what's that movie by Christopher Nolan? I don't know. Maybe I'll be powered by USB Type-C. You think? No, we'll be on USB Type-Z by then, hopefully. (laughs) A new standard. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm Stetson. No, wait. We have, we have to do to, like to proper you, outros. Yeah. Well, I'm still Stetson, so we're we're you, good there. That's your, will you be Stetson at the end of 20? I think I will. Will I be married? I don't know. Yeah. That's those are the personal and maybe things. Maybe by then people like, maybe by then people will change their first names when they get married, so you won't be Stetson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would really blow up in my face. All right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. I'll do this one. This is how we're ending it. I'll do. Uh, thank you. This has been our first year doing the Pinch to Zoom podcast. We appreciate you guys listening for. This episode for two episodes or just well, if you're you're not listening to this, it wouldn't for all the episodes you have participated. It wouldn't make sense to say none in our conversation. But yeah, like you know, you can follow us on any of the social media platforms. Uh, Well, okay, not any of them. Why don't you do this? I can't do. Yeah, so you can follow us on Twitter at Pinch to Zoom Pod, on Instagram at Pinch to Zoom Podcast, email us Pinch to Zoom Podcast at gmail dot com, and you can listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. So thank you so much for listening to this episode and we look forward to talking to you in the next decade. In 2020. Yeah. So I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. And we'll talk to you next time. That was good. It was good. Too good, actually. I'm going to have to delete it. (laughs) I predict we're going to upgrade our audio gear in the next decade because we're going to get one of those cloud lifting microphones and we're just never going to have to worry about it. It's just going to fly on a drone. That's, I think that's something else. Thank you.